Hello and welcome to the My Favourite Film Podcast with me, your host, Gav Smith. Going to try and make this a bit shorter this week because this is an extremely long podcast coming up. So, before the podcast starts, just the normal stuff. If you want to get in touch with me, the podcast, the email address is myfavouritefilmpodcast at gmail.com. To get in touch with me via Twitter or just to follow the types of things that I'm sending out on there, it's at myfavfilm. It's on Twitter that you will see a list of the forthcoming films that I will be talking about with people on this podcast. Do you ever think that modern life is not for you? Do you do the same dead-end job every day? Is your love life dying on its feet? To a wonderful man. Oh. oh. Have you ever felt that you're turning into... Something in the world. A zombie. Maybe you're not alone. Pissed. This week I got into a very spoilerific and very waffly conversation with a very old friend of mine, Ian Robinson. And when I say very old, I don't mean he is old, I just mean I've known him for a very long time. Although he did get just a little bit older this week, it was his birthday on Wednesday, so happy birthday, Ian. This conversation took place before his birthday, and we talked about Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is the 2004 film, written by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright, directed by Edgar Wright, and starring Simon Pegg along with Nick Frost, and was the first of the so-called Cornetto Trilogy. I believe this one is Strawberries and Cream. The basic story is about Sean. He's a sales assistant in a dead-end job, um, and like many other people, is facing the world ahead of him being just that of having a dead-end job. To be honest, like many other zombie movies, and I guess everyone knows it is a zombie movie, uh, it is a social commentary. Um, it plays on all the same tropes that you will find in the George Romero of the dead films and so on. The basic story is that the zombie apocalypse hits and Sean has to get himself, his mate Ed, his flatmate, to try and get his girlfriend and her friends and his mum to safety. How they do that and whether they do that is what plays out over the course of the film. As I say, Ian and I had a really long talk about this one. I hope you enjoy our chat. I've um I've rewatched it a couple of times, but I've also taken the advantage to um delve a little bit back into the, the films that make me love this one, which is all the Romero stuff and what yeah, have you. So yeah, it's yeah. a good excuse for for going back over the others. Absolutely. So based on that then. Why is this your favourite film then? Why this one? But as soon as you asked me to go out, I, I just had this like, as soon as I said what it was, I had like guilt. I, thought, <laughs> I even had a sleepless night thinking, why did I choose Shaun of the Dead as my favourite film? I mean, I, there's like loads of, I could have said something like really cool, like Wings of Desire by Vin yeah, Vendors. Yeah. It's a great yeah. film. I love that. Or, um, you know, sort of or something like sprawling, like Fitzcarraldo, something yeah. like art house film. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think I mentioned with Neil and I is another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of, That's another classic. Yeah, and I started thinking, and I just thought I was having this guilt, but I, I think it comes down to the Shaun of the Dead does really hark back to those seminal movies that, and it does it really well. It's a good yep. film all round. It's it's sort of like it's it's a guilty pleasure without being a guilty pleasure. <laughs> it sort of ticks a lot of boxes. It's sort of probably probably the most enjoyable horror film since. American yeah. Werewolf in London. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got it's that vibe. I felt it was up there. Yeah. And so 
I thought, well, why not? It's, I think in your precursor podcast, you were talking about how it's hard to pick a favourite film. It so you've got yeah. your favourite this and your favourite that. Yeah. And Shaun of the Dead picked so many boxes. It's like it's possibly my favourite comedy, possibly my favourite horror. Yeah. It's most likely my favourite rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> um, nothing Christmassy in it, but I've got my own no. favourite Christmas film, but that's a, for a different one. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, it felt like a tick lot of boxes. So I sort of came to terms that yes, I do really like it. It's it's it is quite mainstream, but it's still got an edge, and it's um yeah. And I still I still enjoy it when it comes on. I don't turn it off. I, I, no, no. And, and I'm quite happy to put it on if there's a filler in the background. If I haven't got anything else to watch, <laughs> it's good for filler in the background, actually, isn't it? It, it is. It's also you know the moments that are coming up, and you can go, oh, that bit's coming up. I'll sit and watch now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it takes a different dynamic when, once you've seen it a few times, yeah. but it's, it's, it's still something. And it's something, I mean, my son likes it now, and it's something my wife doesn't mind watching either. You know, it's, it's got that <laughs> crossover demographic where yeah. if I put on Dawn of the Dead, Joanne's not going to be that interested no. and actually might leave. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a very different film to Dawn of the Dead. It is, but it, it, is, but it isn't. It's I know, no, it, it, it pulls yeah. a lot of the same punches. I mean, it. It plays all the, the zombie apocalypse tropes that were put in place by Romero and, and others through through time. But it it plays them in a really clever way in that you don't actually know they're doing it some of the time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it does. It's um it's got it's got a real I don't know, affinity with those. It was sort of like it, it fits to me in the, the Romero sort of sequence as yeah. it could almost fit in there as as another one. Yeah. So yeah. It doesn't break any of the rules. It doesn't distinguish from it. it you know, it, it sort of it doesn't make pull make fun of. No, you know, no, it's, no. it's pure. You know, out of respect of uh, Romero and what he well, did. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, Simon Pegg was a big fan of the Romero films, but he, they then went on and him and Nick Frost are in Land of the Dead. Land of the Dead, yeah, just a year after this. Yeah, because Romero was thought. a big fan of Shaun of the Dead, which was must have been great for them to know that their work, knowing that they'd based on his work, that he'd then been a fan of what they'd done with it. Yeah. I mean, I read a couple of, well, I sort of did a bit of searching around. And I read a couple <laughs> of things saying that, that um, Romero didn't actually pick up on the coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, did he not? He didn't, rec- didn't recognise as it being <laughs> wow. from the film, but he had this, so it was only when uh, Wright was talking to him post-film yeah. that he sort of, oh, right, I see. But yeah, they got invited or got themselves into a bit part in Land of the Dead, which I yeah. thought was really cool. Yeah. Which I rewatched as well, just to, um, just because you may as well fit in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. That's good. No, no, that's been a while since I've watched it. Actually, I must admit. Yeah, it was better than I remembered. Actually, to tell the it, truth, it it is because it's it's not really part of the the original trilogy. Everyone always goes now. It finishes with Dawn of the Dead, but it's still quite an interesting idea. And I think if he'd continued down that track he was going to continue with it which was the zombies getting some form of intelligence which mm. they kind of start towards the end i think it would have been very different because he then rebooted it didn't he with diary of the dead i haven't watched diary of the dead have or you survival not? of the dead i haven't ah. i meant to and i just didn't haven't got around it. and i was about to and in, in this exercise to go that far and i thought <laughs> well no it's it's gone past trying to so i'll save that for another time so i haven't actually seen the subsequent ones. Diary, I can really recommend. It's right. excellent. It kind of reboots the whole thing and it kind of goes back to the start and the apocalypse starts all over again. Um, Survivor, 
Yeah. Uh, watch it if you really if you really have to for complete. That's what the, the families, isn't it? That's the two families with a. Yeah, they they end uh, up on a, a a different an island somewhere where they've they're looking after the zombies and trying to keep them alive and trying to live in harmony with them. And it's a bit just mm. it's an it's an odd one. And I think if you're a completist and you have to watch them all, then then watch it. But otherwise, I'd, I'd stay clear, to be honest. Um, it's it's obvious about the completist because the um the sort of like the European release of Dawn of the Dead got rebadged as Zombie, yes, and remixed by our Argento. Well, Argento was a co-writer on Dawn of the Dead, and then Fulci yeah. takes over at Zombie Two and sort of what, what we call it Zombie Flesh Eaters was released. Zombie Flesh Eaters, yeah, 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 and that was a. A completely different story altogether. I mean, it it just in yeah. name only, they sort of yeah. marketed that way. And I, I don't know, a much less enjoyable yeah. journey down well, zombiedom. The problem with, with Night of the Living Dead in the first place was they got all the, the copyrights wrong. So it's absolutely, it is a completely free movie. That's why right. when you see any horror films that have got a, a bit of a meta where they have a horror film shown in the background, it's always it's Night of the Living Dead because it, it's free to air. You can put it on anything. There's no... There's no rights to it whatsoever. Right. I didn't so, know that. Because I think it plays in, I think it's Scream it plays in, and it plays in a few other things. It's just See, there. I always just thought that out of respect, you know, sort of. <laughs> but it's not because it's free. It's free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't pay anyone who writes. No money involved. So just, that's okay. Just go with that. <laughs> that is, yeah. It's such a good film as well, though. I oh. mean, going, I mean, it, it's so creepy and eerie, and it's yeah. sort of ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and at the ending, it just, I, I just, I just watched it recently again and the ending just always kills me just sort of like he's just survived all of this then yes. back <laughs> yeah but that was all the that's the social commentary side of it isn't it um whites against blacks in america and that was the whole thing it's one of his main points he was trying to make in there yeah there was um i think from might have been why i like sean was part of the thing which which makes Romero's zombie movies good, but the thing you don't like is people. Yes, it's the it's the real people in Romero's movies that are awful. Yeah, and that's yeah. toned down quite a lot in Shaun of the Dead. It is the real people. There's a couple of them are really bloody irritating. Yeah, but they're not awful. They're no. not like no. they're not out to get somebody. And um, no. I think, I mean, out of all the my zombie favorites, right through to Walking Dead, it's the, the menace of the people. The zombies yeah. are just a sort of a hazard in the background Absolutely. rather than the menace. Yeah, and especially in Romero films because they're they're slow walking, they're shamblers. They don't mm-hmm. they don't form any major threat unless they're in a, a huge horde. Then mm-hmm. they're a threat, but generally you can run away from them, mm-hmm. which is what you always think in all these zombies. Just just run. If you run fast, you'll be all right. You'll get out of there. But yeah, yeah it's it's when people start getting stupid and arrogant and what yes. have you, and then of course you get Hell's Angels and Tom Zivani in a leather jacket coming in and. <laughs> <laughs> with a machete and they're the people you want to watch out for <laughs> absolutely well they're the ones that cause all the problems in all of the zombie films aren't they so yeah absolutely yeah, yeah and certainly if you look at walking dead it wasn't it, it's the threat of things like negan and then things like that that always cause the problems and not the zombies themselves yeah yeah i am yeah. I, um, I was looking at a timeline when things happened because i had to try to remember me think when things came out Right. And I sort of was thinking why I was into Shaun of the Dead. And I thought it was it just came out the year before I'd be, I'd picked up the Zombie Survival Guide and the Max Books's book. Yeah, Max yeah, yeah. Brooks, yep. 
book. Yeah, yeah. And I'd been reading that, and um, my son would have only been like three or four. Yeah. yeah. But whenever we were waiting in a, a car park or a multi-story car park, <laughs> I was always pointing out to him, says, this isn't really a very good place to hang around if there's a zombie apocalypse. And I was sort of pointing out things like that. You know? And I sort of, you know, sort of, if there's something like that, you get on the roof and keep quiet. Yeah, yeah. So from a young age, he's always, he's always been given these little hints and tips about how to survive a zombie apocalypse. And I sort of it, yeah. slowly realised that I probably wouldn't want to. <laughs> I don't think I would last very long at all. No, I don't think I would either. I'd, I'd join them. It'd be much easier. I'd, yeah, join us. Yeah. Yeah, just join them. Put yourself in blood and just hang around with them. They wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's one approach, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Been used a few times. I, in pretty much everyone, including this, which we'll get into later, I'm sure. Um, so were you a fan of Spaced? Did you come to this from Spaced or was this separate? Um, no, I, I was a fan of Spaced. I didn't get into Spaced um when it first came out we, right i don't know why but we somehow missed it yeah yeah but then binged it uh, like ferociously on box set dvds yeah, yeah, and yeah. so so easy um do. and obviously the art episode with um, yes where he's spaced out or tripping out to yes. resident evil i mean that, yeah. that that was just one of my favorite ones of those straight away yeah just for just apart from the zombie troubles it's just really a good it is a good episode. episode. Yeah. I was, I yeah. was really, I did really enjoy Spaced, and I think Shaun of the Dead just it riffs on so much of that. So as it a does, Spaced yeah. fan, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of fun to be had with the sort of in jokes yeah. that don't detract from the film. That's another good aspect of it. You can come at it cold, absolutely, yeah. But when yeah. you do know a little bit extra, I think is um, there's some there's some fried gold. It in certainly there. helps, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's. <sighs> Just kind of thinking because I, I didn't realize how much exposition there was in the film. The whole social commentary at the start, just giving you the, you know, the checkout cues, the people just checking from up, and it's all in sequence, all in sync. And then you have them at the, the bus stop, all checking their watches at the same time, and just standing, fate, mouths open wide, and teenagers with their Walkmans on, all walking like zombies. There's an awful lot of social commentary at the start that they riff on through the whole thing, which I guess is the whole thing that Romero was doing. That I guess yeah. Simon Pegg's then gone, that's what we need to copy and do the same thing for. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of that type of thing? Does it distract from the the rom-com element of this film? Or is oh, it absolutely. I mean, what you were no, that... expecting from a, a zombie film? No, that was um I mean, that was what was dragging me in straight away from the opening credits with the sort of the, they've taken the dawn of the dead soundtrack yeah. and then gone into the specials yeah sort of ghost town yeah and it's just shown that everybody's already zombies so yes. you're already in the in the in the shopping mall parking lot of dawn of the dead it's sort yeah. of like except it hasn't happened yet but it's yeah. sort of it and it's sort of like if it happens will anybody notice and that that's yes. a little bit and then there's them i mean i guess it's being re-referenced all the way through about what Romero kept touching on in Dawn and Day and then again in Land of the Dead was that the, the zombies just kept trying to be what they were before. Yeah, yeah. And and Shaun of the Dead was even better at showing what they were before was already in this um, in this cycle. Yeah. And that was the thing, re-watching it a couple of times, I hadn't actually realised how much repetition there is in the movie. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Just lines are repeated again and again, phrases just in different contexts. 
Yeah. And I just didn't, I didn't know how much to read into it, but it just like everything's rep- repetition. Yeah. And those processes. And it's just like what the zombies do the same thing over and over again until something distracts them or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And in a way that's what happens to Sean is he just doing the same thing over and over again yeah. until something distracts him. Like yeah. The, the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. We just talk so about Winchester I, every night. Yeah. I wasn't, um, I was still straight into that. I yeah. thought that was, that, I thought that was, really part of the homage to the yeah to where it came from yeah, and that's I what i wanted is, yeah. to see in a zombie film i wanted to see absolutely yeah. sort of just people taken by surprise but not in a big way yeah you know sort of it just, just i mean the ma- crept up on them the marketing literature was it was it was billed as a, a rom-com with zombies wasn't it all the way through um yeah but i i hadn't it wasn't until that because i rewatched it again this week purposely I mean, I've seen it loads of times before, but I kind of rewatched it again this week and just didn't actually remember how gory it is because it, it's it's got some proper horror moments and some proper really good gory moments in it. Um, yeah. Which, considering the way it was billed as a rom-com with zombies. It's, it is it is quite horrific. It's, and it's quite scary in places. I, was, I watched oh, yeah. it again um, yesterday, actually. I watched it last Friday with a wife, and I, I did another watch in last day. I meant to make notes, and I ended up just watching it because it's yeah. just that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, fair. But enough. um, I mean, even for the first time, we saw it when the the big scene when David or Daff gets pulled out the window. Yeah, that was so reminiscent of the 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 most horrific zombie death I'd ever seen to date, which was in Day of the Dead when the guy's yeah. ripped in half. Yeah, yeah, and that was just that was shocking when you saw it back. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, back on video when that when you got yeah. access to that sort of thing. Yeah. And um and there it was. It was the same excellent um what's the right visual effects. It was sort yeah. of really done well. And and Romero through Tom Savani through most of the films, I think yeah. he had, had, had been using it, was just really good at that sort of he was, yeah, yeah. Gross out horror. Yeah. But it felt I don't know how real that is. I don't ever want to find out how real that is, <laughs> but that's what I imagine it would look like and it's a sort of it, yeah, yeah, it's 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 probably how I would imagine it would look like. It was, it was that one is a, a proper good homage to Day of the Dead. I mean, the whole way he's pulled out and is it's almost shot for shot, other than the fact that they're pulling him by the legs to save him, well, that, that, which they don't in Day of the like. Dead. No one's saving him. <laughs> and I think, um, and that's why I've, I thought the humor is good because immediately you've got this horrible, horrible scene, and it is appalling, and it, and so then it turns into comedy. Because they're all standing there with a leg, yeah. and then um, Daisy sort of um, die die runs out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, die runs out, sort of to attack the zombies with this leg, which one leg? Get yeah. Back. <laughs> yeah. And apparently survives. Really. <laughs> well, <laughs> in, the, in the in the follow up, she, she she beats them in, and then hides up a tree and then lives eating on that leg for the next few days, and because oh, right. she thinks it's not safe to come down. But Fair enough. That was in one of the, the extras, I think I remember watching years ago. Right. I've not seen that extra, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good though. Well, I think the um she's counted on the this, this on the DVD there was some kilometer or zombometer the number of deaths in it, which right. are very League of Gentlemen. And she's counted <laughs> in that, but in the extras it talks so actually she did survive. All right. She she did she did beat them into submission and climb up a tree. Hit up a tree eating the leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, as I was saying, there's a lot of um, exposition. We do get to meet all the characters at the start because I think it's actually, it's about 28 minutes in before you actually see a zombie. 
which is the right. there's a girl in the garden. Um, but I mean, the apocalypse obviously started by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do you get so many sort of fake out shots of um, <laughs> it because it, it, you just every time Sean walks in yawning, he's he's walking like a zombie, which is obviously yeah. intentional. Uh-huh. Um, and they do the wonderful. Uh, the typical horror trope where he shuts the bathroom cabinet <laughs> yeah. and they're in the, the mirror behind him is Pete. Pete yes. They tell him that yeah, Ed's, Ed's just a mess and he's barely here sort of thing. Which yeah. they, again, as you said, they repeat that because they do the same thing later on. Except mm-hmm. this time he's, he's in the shower having already turned into a zombie. But Yeah, yeah there's, I there's, mean, even, even his dad in the shop, there's yes. that scene where he's just staring, standing motionless and he turns around and it's sort of like, yeah, this, yeah, it, it's the repetition. So it's the, everything's precursor. Everything's you're told. Yeah, what's going to happen? They've yeah. laid it out totally. I mean, I think there's a scene which I hadn't picked it up when I watched it, but reading the Easter eggs or something, a scene when Ed actually lays out the what's going to happen in the film. Yes, while while he's trying to placate Simon Pegg's character after he's just been dumped. Yeah, he says they're going to have a a bloody Mary, a, a bite at the king's head. Yeah, um, a couple at the little princess stagger home, and then bang, bar for shots. You know what we should do tomorrow? Keep drinking. We'll have a bloody merry first thing, have a bite at the king's head, couple at the little princess, we'll stagger back in. Back at the bar for shots. How's that for a slice of fried gold? And they said, yeah. well, that's just the film being laid out in one scene, and yeah. that's exactly what's going to happen. It is, yeah. This, I thought, yeah. I hadn't really picked up, and I sort of like, I, I didn't feel bad that I hadn't picked up. I just I, I liked it because I'd found something else, and that's watching yeah. this film again. <laughs> so I thought, oh yeah, it's, it's that. Yeah. But then all the other repetition that I hadn't noticed came in. Just, just literally how much it was. I mean, phrases just like, like um, just Ed saying "cock it." Yes, um, says that a lot. <laughs> it, uh, it, but it, it's like. Sometimes it's a swear word. Sometimes it's telling somebody what to do. And yeah. it's, sometimes it's just, it's, it's all the different context yeah. of it. And I'll, yeah, I'll it's even when he, he, he's got the gun and he won't fire it, cock it. Cock it. It's the same thing, but it's a completely we, different meaning. Yeah. We're just move, the house we're moving to is in the cock it valley. And so <laughs> Joanne and I tend to say cock it and just whenever anything. So. Excellent. So, <laughs> that one came to mind really. But I mean, there are so many others. So just oh, there's loads. Um, but the one that gets repeated a lot is "You've got red on you." Oh, but, you've got red on you. But they only did. It's really. I think it's only really said twice. Um, someone says it in the. I think said in the shop. It's it's Rafe Spall says it to him in the shop. Yeah, a very young Rafe Spall playing North. Well, I mean, that's on a on a tangent there. But I mean, we were we were watching several things, and you go, "Where do I know him from? Where do I know that actor from?" And I think. <laughs> The most recently it happened, I think, it was the War of the Worlds remake. Yeah. I thought, oh, I know him from somewhere. I know yeah. him. You go on IMDb, you raise for Lord Sean. And you really sort of double taking yeah. the chubby teenager. Yeah, he doesn't look anything. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's great watching him there now. But it's because yeah. um, he, he's brilliant as no. He's just such an he awful. Is. Oh, he is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to slap him, don't you? <laughs> but I guess his young lad working in a shop is probably exactly what they'd be like. So. Yes, I was working with teenagers. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think he's um, it's his stepdad who also says you've got red on you, but it is yeah, the one I that think... 
people say a lot. I think I just after they've bashed the zombies with a, um, the cricket bat, Ed says it to him. He does, yes. Yeah. Uh, that, that might be the last, because I think after that, he's got so much red on it. It's not worth yeah. playing out. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's um, the other one when um, he meets Yvonne in the street. He's got um, his old friend. Yes. And he says, how are you doing? He says, surviving. Yeah. So at least, uh, I can't remember what she says, but something like, um, or oh, at least somebody is, or yes. at least, you know, whatever. And then at the end, that line's repeated again when they're sort of like, how are you doing? So surviving. So, yeah. so it's good to see somebody is. Yeah. And it's all just slightly different, heavier context, but it's exactly the same line repeated again. It is, again. yeah. Yeah. Because obviously at the start, it means Apocalypse hasn't even started at that point, but then they've all lived through it at the end. Oh, you say that except that there's all the while they're talking, all the horns are blaring. There's a person slumped over dead in the, the car base, behind yes, them. There is actually you're right. It so, has started, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So of... think, yes, it's sort of creeping in, isn't it? So like yeah. on the bus rides and the sort of little things he's seeing out the corner of his eye, and he's sort of like distracted and slightly aware, but still just not enough to snap him out of any yeah cause any there's, routine. There's loads of radio footage and there's all the TV. I mean, he's sitting there watching flicking through the channels on the TV, <laughs> watching, uh, he's trying to sell a TV, isn't he? He's selling the package. Yes. There's this one, and then there's the news, and this is the news, and, this, and it's just all the news programmes all talking about the same thing over and over again. Yeah. But again, it's still not enough for him to go, something wrong here. I need to do something different. And two more of the repeats on there, because you've got the show with Trisha. Yes. Which is then she returns later on doing I Married a, I Married a Monster. Monster yeah. And then there's a game show, like a... a was that a game show that um the knockout? So yes. It's a knockout. It it's is. a knockout it's a style. Like that, yeah. It's like a game show, and then they've got another version of that with zombies at the end. So Zombie phone, so... yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's lots of little bits like that, just repeating, as you say, repeating the same things over and over again. Mm. Yeah, but even the, even the stylistic um, shots that the are directed in, you know, just sort of like it'd be bang, 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 you know, sort of whether it's flush toilet, wash hands, sort of move mirror, it was just that. Yeah, even even scenes like that seem to get the they do the same thing over again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it makes you familiar or puts you in a sort of sense of comfort, or it's trying to keep you on edge. I don't know. It's it's, it's doing both, which is a good horror film type thing. Is it's just slightly wrong footed. Sometimes I think it does wrong foot you because you are expecting something else to happen because they're doing those very quick cuts. Um, mm. I certainly like to say with the the bathroom mirror the bathroom cabinet when he shuts that and you get pete looming behind him both times mm-hmm. it is that same quick cut quick jump scare type trope that they've used in so many horror films mm-hmm. um it's obviously something they were going for because there's there's lots of there's lots of sort of those fakey bits where you just think ah something new's gonna happen and then it doesn't happen <laughs> yeah yeah um, nothing quite as scary as a, a naked Peter Serafinowicz coming out of a shower, though. I mean, that's quite menacing. He's quite a menacing bloke, isn't he? he is. He's brilliant, though. I saw yes, he's I so deadpan. He's a fantastic actor. Yeah, I, I like him whenever he shows up in anything. I thought yeah. it's going to be good. He's got that sort of, yeah. that brings that nature to it. Yeah, watch him in the tick at the moment. He's brilliant in that. Excellent, yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched the second series yet. Oh, but... you, should, you, need, you need to watch it. He's very good. I like his version of the tick. <laughs> um, let's kind of, should we kind of go through this film and go through what's going on? Because there's all sorts going on. You're saying about um, all the radio footage. There's loads of stuff in the radio footage that um, 
links into other films because they talk about a space probe breaking up, which Night of the Living Dead, yeah, because that's all. I think it's an asteroid Night of the Living Dead to talk about, but it is yeah, certainly it's yeah. it's something coming from space, space radiation. Yeah, there's a m- mention of um, rabid rage monkeys, which is 28 days later. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's loads of others. There's just stuff on the radio stations that are all about all the different ways in which horror apocalypse or zombie apocalypse has happened through all the different films. Yeah, um, but I mean, the Night of the Living Dead and a, and a bit in Dawn of the Dead as well rely a lot on TV or yeah. radio footage to sort of ground you in the sort of the horror of what's going outside of the little space that these people are in. Yeah. And I think they've used that in a similar sort of way. So it, again, it's it's sort of tying you into those films as if yeah. you're part of that sort of that zombie universe. Yeah. And and, it, yeah. and as you say, they're sort of having a bit of a bit of fun by pulling in from lots of different sources yeah. as well. And I think yeah. that's really good. Yeah. There's um one of the other pick, snippets I picked up this week was the the Hindu that's said over the radio in the shop right. translates to the sort of the dead arising from the grave and coming back to life and sort of Ah, uh, right. I, I don't know that, and I, I can't. I can't. You can't be definite can't, on that one. I can't, yeah. I can't be sure, but that's what it said on the internet. And you well, know what they say. Well, it's probably right. <laughs> I like the idea of it. If it's not right, it's all. The, they probably were trying to go for that. Yeah, it's probably is a, it might be a bad translation, but it's probably there. Yeah. Well, I mean the the detail. The I mean, I was looking for. Easter eggs and snippets, and then I thought I got bored of that because there's people oh, read too much into a lot of films. Yeah. But I did notice there are a lot of oh, this, this references stuff. and elements in the in the background, right down to the you know the the Landis shop being renamed Landis after John Landis, yeah. and things like that, yeah. and that nice little things. But it doesn't really matter if you don't spot them. Yeah. Well, the restaurant's called Fulci's. Fulci's, yeah, the, the place that serves the fish. Yeah, he's <laughs> trying to book the meal for you. Apparently, yeah. I said go right on the phone as well. So it's a, is that's it? his cameo, or ah, one of his right. cameos in the film. Right. But again, that's what the internet says. I haven't had that confirmed. Well, there's lots of things like that, isn't there? These people. He likes being his own films. Yeah. And that's that's why I end up, because this is the first film what became called the Cornetto trilogy, didn't it? Yeah. Um, and that's because Ed asked for a Cornetto. Because Edgar Wright's Hangover Cure is apparently a Cornetto. That's I read that as well. And that's yeah. the whole the whole reason why he asked for a Cornetto in it, and how the film then became the first part in this Cornetto trilogy. Because every film then he has a different flavour of Cornetto. I mean, that there were. I don't know how well they had mapped out Hot Fuzz and World's End that. before that. Um, I do. I mean, I know that there was talk of a sequel to this. Yeah, you know, the yeah. sort of the. I don't know how many jokes there were around, sort of um, from dusk till Sean yes, came I around, that one, and I yeah. think there's a there's a poster in another movie, um, Spider Man Multiverse. Right, there's a poster in that for the new film from dusk till Sean. It's all right. makes an appearance in that, right. but I think it um, they decided it wouldn't really work no. for whatever reason. But I don't know if that was whether the Cornetto trilogy was already an idea. Or I've got a feeling it just. Yeah, they usually strung it together yeah. the way that they do. Yeah, and I mean, again the... into, into two great, great movies. I mean, and yeah, and I did. I almost would suggest that Hot Fuzz might be a better movie than 
Shaun of the Dead. I don't like it as much because it's not my favourite. It's certainly subject a subject matter, but it's, yeah. it's really clever. It's I got mean, some that, funnier uh, moments in it. It's certainly got some funnier jokes in there, but yeah, it's it's a cop film. And if if you don't like cop films, it's it's not. It's probably, probably my favourite cop film, if, that, if that's yeah. a subject. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very good cop film. <laughs> but it pays homage to cop films in the same way as Sean pays homage to the zombies films. It's the same type of thing from that, that yeah. point of view. They, yeah. they, they know their cinema well enough to be able to go, <laughs> we can make a cop film and make it funny. Which, yeah. you know, Simon Pegg, I guess, proved through space because that's what he did. He acted on media and pop media and went well this is what people like so let's do this again and again and again so, yeah and yeah. I, and i think it he proved that from through this that he he can act as well he's, he's oh yeah he's good he's, he's not just a, a bit part comedian i mean the, yeah, the yeah. rights are just uh coming out to be a phenomenal filmmaker yes he's all right if you look at something like baby driving i can't yeah. wait to see yeah, yeah. Uh, last night in soho when that comes yeah. out later in the year that, that looks brilliant i saw the the trailer for that the other night yeah He's just his stuff. I mean, even Scott Pilgrim, which oh Scott, yeah, Scott the Scott um, Pilgrim, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim, yeah. um, it's a great film in its own right. It's 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 really fun and really oh. sort of well done. So I mean, there's some brilliantly put together because it it plays like the comic book reads. Right, With... I don't know the material for that one. All oh, right, um... it's a great set of comic books if you can ever get a hold of them. Um, right. But it, it when you're watching it, it is like watching the comic book. All the yeah. different bits of putting in the video game references and things like that are all directly from the comic book. So right. it does play really well from that point of view. So, I mean, the pair of them are just really good at sort of pulling out those those observations and yeah. sort of and cultural references that yes. people sort of latch onto. And, um, yeah. and then they've got Nick Frost, who's just really good at being <laughs> Nick Frost-type Nick Frost. characters. <laughs> yeah. He plays himself incredibly well. <laughs> I think he's really like that. I hope not. <laughs> I, on interviews I've seen with him, unless he puts on that persona for the interviews purposely, he always seems to be the same in interviews as he is in space, a, in Sean, in whatever. Yeah. He's, a, he's not quite Ed, but he's, he's, there's, enough of it, there's enough of it there. So. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Yeah, so. Again, so I think we got we got past we got, we got, we got to exposition, didn't we? Somewhere about that, yeah, exposition. Yeah. No, uh, no. I mean, there's loads of good. That first scene, that first scene plays out so well when Sean's talking to Liz in the pub, and sort of starts talking about Ed, and then just sort of the camera pans back just enough so you can then see Ed, and she apologises to Ed. Then they repeat because they do like repeat the same thing huh. with Diane and David sitting over the other side. You never liked my flatmates and pans out and there they are, yeah. <laughs> and this brilliant line that they've got um oh what's it? She says to me, You you, you exacerbate exacerbate things. What do you, you mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> well no, no. What does exacerbate mean? <laughs> yeah. It's a brilliant line. I mean it it is, it's it's like this it's silly humour right the way through, yeah. but it's it's not American Pie, silly humor. Oh, no, it's it's, no. so, it, it's it's funny, it's witty, but it's not too deep. It's not trying to be too clever. And I think it's um, no. I think it, it, it it's really nice. It's I mean, some of those scenes are so spaced, though, isn't it? I mean, it, it's just the refreshing 
sort of just banter between and it's sort of like ridiculous so you find yourself chuckling at the sort of yeah of what's going on yeah and the, yeah. the, the hog, hog nuts or whatever it is the um pork pork snacks yeah yeah have a recurring theme as well yes just keep throwing them at them yeah yeah i think he gets when he escapes the zombies first that's the first thing he gets isn't he, he gets back to the bar but well, yeah i think um yeah, David's throwing them. Um, Daph's throwing them around. Yes, and Sean catches them. Yeah, and then um, in his heroic persona, yes, before, before crumbles again. Well, yeah, but he does well at that for for a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's try and think where I'm, I'm trying to think what we're talking about now because it's Sean of the Dead at some point, isn't it? Um, so <laughs> we have gotten in the pub. Um, there's lots of exposition. We then go into the next day, and we have Sean's first zombie walk that we see because that's how we meet him after that night at the pub, isn't it? Yeah. So I guess this is a. I think it's a Saturday morning. I don't always mess no, no, it up he, because he's, Pete's well, work because so, he's got to go into work. He has got to go into work, but he's a shop, isn't he? So it could well be a Saturday morning, couldn't it? Yeah, because there's a confusing scene at the end of the night. Oh, I was always found it confusing because they come in and it says it's Saturday, and Pete says no, it's Sunday. And I've yes. been working four hours because everybody's off sick. I, was, I don't know what Pete does that he had to go no. in. No, I, I couldn't quite. But it didn't matter. I mean, that's. A, but yeah, so he, <laughs> he stumbles in on this this morning. Yes, sits down on the um, and enters player one or player two. Player two, yeah. Players two, yeah. And um, immediately leaves, which is apparently one of the the glitches. I don't know my games that well. I do know times I've played time splitters, but it doesn't have a two player entry like that. So oh, right. that's that's um. That's been picked up by the, the gaming community. Is well, not the they wouldn't From the gaming community. <laughs> but yeah, and then the, that's got the um, the sort of interchange with with Pete and the sort of um, the stickers on the back, sort of send yes. them off to work and the, the sort of pick up the messages type of thing. Everything's being set up, isn't it? For them? They are, yeah. Yeah, they set everything up at that point. I um, think Liz rings just as he's leaving, doesn't he? So, or just yes. as he's left. Yeah, just as he's left, she rings to say to book the, the restaurant for eight. Yeah. She then obviously rings him again when he's in the shop, which is after he's then met his stepdad for the first time. And you get that that moment. Yeah, because he's having to, um, he's just being, I don't know, the typical arsehole really at that point, yeah. sort of because he's trying to play up to Noel's character and sort yeah. of not listening to the person on the phone, not listening to what's going on, yeah. playing the big man. Yeah. Pretending it's someone from head office. But it wouldn't be one of these comedy rom-com type films if everything went smoothly and he exactly. booked the restaurant and it would all exactly. be different. Exactly. That's the only rom-com element in there, I suppose. <laughs> um, we, because there's now this, this an awful, like I said, this, this half hour seems to set everything up, as you say. It puts in place who all the characters are, where they're all going to be at the time the apocalypse happens. We've got everything going on in the background that's foreshadowing what's going to happen with people walking like zombies, looking like zombies, stuff on the radio, whatever else happening. Um, which all leads us basically to Sean getting dumped and Ed and Sean going out for a, a drunken night out on the, the sort of evening of the zombie apocalypse hitting the world that they don't even realise is, is happening. Just the day before lockdown. Last <laughs> <night>. <laughs> well, 
I was going to say, there's an awful lot of sort of similarities between that going out for a sort of final blow the night before things have happened with what's happened recently. Um, how do you think that sort of that element of it holds up now, knowing that we sort of we've lived through this sort of pandemic or we're still living through this pandemic? How does that hold up against it? The who'd real thought, thing. Who'd have thought the, the the apocalypse or the end of the world would have been so dull, eternally <laughs> dull? <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would be in a very different film if they'd just gone. Now we're on lockdown. Everyone's staying. Oh, and everyone yeah. has to do it. Yeah, just don't go outside. Well, I mean, they tried to do that, isn't it? The next morning, they're sort of like they're watching Channel 4, um, Sky News. And it's yes. Just lock the doors, and then it goes back to the repeated doors never shut. The doors never zombie shut, yes. In. Yeah. But, um, Which is the same zombie that was behind him in, in the queue shop. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. He's, With, he's, um, yeah, when he goes into, when he stumbles into the, the corner shop yeah. for that repeated scene. Again, that was the, the one on the Saturday morning. He goes across. And gets the, goes gets the papers and does yeah. the thing, checks the coke can, yeah. wanders past. I think Mary's coming out the door. She guys yeah. washed his car. Yeah. I mean, it, all of the things. It's the, the exactly yeah. the same scene as what happens. Yeah, the, after the, the bender. Yeah, the beggar except, with the dog walks up to him with a hand out. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um again, it's it's that it's that repeated trope. Are we before that? Before after it? We're on the bend, the bender night. I suppose we haven't really. <laughs> well. Sort of like still on that day because the bender night has to be, it has to be mentioned, I suppose, because you got the really bad Clyde impression. Yes, um, <laughs> that everyone you've that got, he thinks is great. Yeah, you've got the sort of like um, Liz has had a, a go at, at Sean for being a loser and repeating the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And she's worried that you know she's just going to end up like those saddles yeah. in the pub. Yeah, and he, and I like how Ed sort of comes to their defense like snake hips. <laughs> yeah, and, um, the spinster in the corner is a cockasidal maniac. I it? think that was it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Describing how rich and interesting people they, that they are. are. Yeah, yeah. Bernie and yeah. his uh, no, um, John and his trophy wife Bernie. Yeah, and um, and then there's the, there's the mention of the mysterious character Big Al, who sort of is referenced a couple of times, but we don't yeah. know who he is. Yeah, who's, who reckons the gun is loaded and does yeah, work, and, and dogs, dogs can't, can't look, look up. up. Yeah, <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah, because that's um, that's how he's that's how they basically say he's always wrong. Because yeah, but he also thinks dogs can't look up. It's true. Big Al says so. Yeah, well, Big Al also says dogs can't look up. That, that was um, apparently a joke as of um, it came from Edgar Wright saying right. that dogs can't look up, but it, I think it was more in you know when they would say don't work with children and animals. I think yes. when he was trying to do the direction on spaced, you can't get the dog to look up, ah. and so it comes from something like that. Is that dogs can't look up is more like you can't get the damn things to look up when you want them to. Right. <laughs> so I not that actually um, dogs can't look up. <laughs> <laughs> Because we always t- t- check with our dog and say, our dog can look up. Seems yeah. All right. How was Cam's Strange. <laughs> Possibly yeah. not in command. No. But yeah, probably not. I mean, they've the, got that. And then, of course, you've got the the white lines sort of coming out the pub, which you can't really do. do, 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 do. And yeah. then the zombie in the background, which I guess, apart from the kissing couple who you don't know are zombies, or, or they might not be at that point. No, they're, they're, they're not when they go into the pub, certainly. But they but, um, might be later. <laughs> I think the, the first zombies, perhaps the one singing along with them. 
Yes. Um, he's a loser because he doesn't say bass. Yes. <laughs> he just say, he's saying the same thing, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And then they it, was get... that, it was that, that point that um, Joanne had pointed out when I was watching it again last week, that how similar the sounds, the, the, the sounds they used were exactly the sounds that Romero would use for the zombies. Yes. They sort of it wasn't trying to do anything new. They'd sort of no. kept that element because oh, it sounds exactly the same as the, the, yeah. that other film that you made <laughs> me sit through, or that you didn't finish sitting through. Those are the zombie films. But, you know, you play on, if you're going to do a, a zombie film, you're going to use the tropes of the first real zombie film that anyone remembers. I mean, there obviously were other zombie films before Romero kicked in with his, but. It's the one that everyone remembers as being the first one that showed the shambling zombies in hordes and whatever else, and that that's the noise they make. Mm-hmm. You know, it took that's ten years, right. took ten years to make another one, but um, in the meantime, everyone used the same tropes, the same. Well, that's zombies moving that way; they make that type of noise, and that's the way it until, works. Until Zack Snyder came along in two thousand four, which well, actually yes. caused the delay of Shaun of the Dead being released. Yeah. Because he remade Dawn of the Dead, didn't he? Yeah. A very strange remake, but it's, it's still a good film. I, I think like I've it. only watched that maybe the once when it came out. I, I didn't, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. No. And, it's not um, Dawn of the Dead. And I haven't got a problem with running zombies either, no. really. But no. that was, I don't know. I don't know if I, it's, it's fair to say it's a bit of, it was a bit of a cheap scare. You know, because that's what he—that was his twist, and it was yeah. all played up. And he sort of like played that card in the first few scenes. He did, yeah. Of the yeah. remake is when the I think the kids is in the bed. Is it that one of the first ones? Yes, the kid in the bedroom yes. runs. It, it is, I yes. Think. And um, I was like, oh damn, that's that's different. But then it's sort yeah. of like then you know what's coming. Yeah, because uh, then they all start running. Yeah, yeah. So when would when would um, twenty eight days later be? Twenty eight days was before that. It must be. Because they reference it in Sean. Of course they do. Of course so, they do. I, did, I haven't put that on my timeline this week. It must be before. Um, I'll have a look. I'll have a look on the internet. 2004. So, sorry, 2002. 28 days. So get, I mean, it's been two years, but. Fantastic film. Oh, yeah. In, in the yeah. same. I guess I, I suppose my love isn't necessarily zombie. It's apocalyptic sort of. Yeah. Because I can tie in sort of Mad Max and all those sort of. Those sort of. Yeah. Even though I don't like the idea of them, I think, I, well, let me rephrase it. Those are the horrors I find scary. Yeah. Is zombies and apocalypse horrors. I've never been yeah. that bothered about your slashers and your. No, no, no. And I, I love American Werewolf, but it's not, it's still, I love me vampires and stuff, but it's, yeah. it's something about the apocalyptic thing could be, could happen. Yes. It's, it's more likely like, to happen than a lot of the other stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. if you smatter that with um, something, sinister and and difficult to deal with like zombies or or raging yeah. mobs of um difficult people and angry yes. men yeah and it's, it's um or angry women they, they may be it's about time we had some sort of hell's angels in these movies that were yeah female ones yeah, yeah. female protagonists yeah yeah you don't get that a lot actually it does tend to be no. the men that take control again after an apocalypse and Though, i mean the awkward it, ones you touched on it before about um, Romero, though. I mean, he always had strong, um, strong protagonists of color yes. in his sort of films. Yes, I mean, it, I yeah. mean the, the main the main actor in the first one, the one yep. who's taking control, yep. and being sorting things out. 
Um, Dawn of the Dead, again, the sort of yeah. the main protagonist, is sort of the guy who's re- knows what to do and yeah. handles himself. Yeah. Day of the Dead. That's more your your bad white guy. Yeah, it is. Soldiers there. Yeah, it's that soldiers are the evil there, definitely. Ah, but there's the guy in the um the the helicopter pilot is your cool character. Yes. The Carib- Afro Caribbean fella. Yes, yes. Know, he's the wise one. He knows what's knows, going on, yeah. And he's yeah. just keeping out of the, 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 the stupid white guy stuff <laughs> that's going on. Because he knows they're gonna got, die. <laughs> and then um Land of the Dead, you've got the main zombie who's almost the sympathetic zombie. Yeah. Although he is going out for revenge rather than just helping his horde survive. But, yeah. you know, you're, you're actually in favor of him rather than Dennis Hopper. Oh, absolutely. Every time. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah. a, he's a more, he's a more, <laughs> I don't know, pure character than Dennis Hopper's character. Yeah. That, which yeah. is exactly what Romero was saying. I mean, it's the. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Romero always said that his, his films weren't zombie films as such. He was just looking at the, the climate in the world at the time and going, well, I'm going to represent that in a slightly different way and go, look, yeah. you know, this is we're commercialization. Not, this is... We're, we're not using the Z word here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Shouldn't use that. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think they're referred to as zombies at all in um, any of Rivero's films, are they? I think, I you know, I, I hadn't got time to go back, but I think no. there's a scene in the mall when it's mentioned once. Do they? I think, I, I, but I, but... Whenever I've read anything on the internet that say it's not used, no. I said, I'm sure that guy said that. I'm well, going to have to check in that Night of the Living Dead. They called them ghouls, ghoul, which was the more common, you yeah. know, sort of. I think even the first Hammer ones was the ghoul would have been ghoul, yeah. was a zombie film, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, and then the I mean the the stench stinkers walkers, yeah. Yeah. you know, anything but anything but zombie. Yeah, and now I mean be... the, walk, the Walking Dead. They never refer to them in that. I think oh, that's yeah. a. a a player to the source material as well. Yeah, but. yeah. They, they call them they call them walkers and that, don't they? That's uh, um, but that's a, a purposeful thing. That's, I mean, in Shaun of the Dead, they're obviously aware of pop culture and what zombies are because they kind of they call them zombies straight. You know, is there a zombie outside the window? We're not using that word. They, they've got that whole thing of they are aware of films that have happened that have got zombies in them. But then a world like Walking Dead, that has never happened. There's never been a zombie film, which is why they're not calling them zombies, I suppose. It's, it's a it's different a funny one in the, worlds, isn't it? It's the funny thing that they do in movies, isn't it? When, when something's happening, they can't reference it because it would, it would show prior knowledge of that sort of thing happening yeah. before vampire yeah. zombies, things like that. It's exactly, sort of, yeah. But I suppose vampire films sort of tend to to fall back on sort of mythology or something like that and yes. refer to it. And a couple of the more canny ones will refer to Bram Stoker's as if yeah. it was actually a true story instead yes. of just a book. So they yeah, get yeah, around yeah. it. But yeah. you, you're quite right. It, it's it's so often in films that they're not allowed to accept that there's pop culture. Exactly. It's the same thing. It's the same thing when I watch EastEnders and I wonder sort of why nobody's got masks. It's as if it's this <laughs> parallel. I don't watch EastEnders, but when you catch it. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> I've done that. It's not something I tune into, but when it, right, I could me. be wrong. So what, yeah. what I'm saying is I could be wrong. Yeah. But when you've seen it, it doesn't really refer to common events no. that are happening because no. that would show that it's, but then you, you've created some sort of parallel world. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. That, sort of, where does that, where does that line stop when it's a parallel world and sort of. Yeah. If you're going to be true to life, it's got to remain true to life, doesn't it? So, yeah. And so, the, so Sean with with that, it's another thing. It's more real because 
it references real things. It's, yes. Or it touches on real things. So you're aware of the TV and the, the, the and it's the, they're seeing the same things. It's the same people playing the same people. Yeah. It just it feels it was almost a better horror film because it was it was set in a world that you recognized and yes. knew. Yeah. Yeah. And um and I think that really played played to its strengths. I think it's yeah, because it, it it's able to use what we can see in the world as we were back in two thousand and four. And with the prior knowledge we have of zombie films and whatever else, and use that within its own timeline mm-hmm. to sort of go, right, this is actually, this. it really could happen. And if it does mm-hmm. happen, this is the way we will all act because we know what we should be doing. And it, are we being informed in how to behave <sighs> in an apocalypse by, by filmmakers who think this is how things are going to go down? <laughs> yeah, well, we're all going to go out and try and, cave in the heads of anyone that comes near us aren't we because that's it you, know, you have to the head, remove the head the or destroy the brain yeah exactly <laughs> they had the electro dance rave yes in the, so that they get back after that and they're playing the second album he ever bought i think it was yes yeah and um they're doing that and then pete comes down and the, the, the line where he says if you want to live like an animal go and live out in the shed to ed yeah. Which is again is this foreboding what is yes, going to happen later absolutely, on. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And that it's the thing about work and the fact that he's been bitten. Yes. So that that's sort of put out. But I mean then essentially it's Sean Cla- writing that he's got to sort his life out on the fridge and then collapsing and waking up the next morning. And yeah. I think then you're in full zombie film yes. scenario because then you've got your walk the the repeat of that walk to the shop. Yeah. Which I mean we've covered, but I just think it's just so clever. Yeah, of, it is. Um, when that's repeated. Because everything then, then is is then if there's been something happening, you can see everything's been wrecked. The mm-hmm. bins have been emptied all over the floor, but everyone's in the same place as you say, it is complete repeat of the the walk that he's just done before work. But he's still completely oblivious to it. Oh yeah. Well, which I mean after the night out he's probably quite warranted, but yeah. I mean yeah. Yeah. It's just it's still not snapped him out of this. And I sort of, no. yeah, and then he yeah, I think it would take an awful lot to snap him out of it because he—that's how he's been living his life for the last. What is he? Did he say he's twenty-nine in it? Doesn't he? Yeah. So the last twenty-nine years, he's been living oblivious to everything that's going on. So why would he suddenly snap out just because there's a bit of wreckage on the floor? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I mean, so then I think a couple of bits happen, but I think it's essentially there's a girl in the garden. Yeah, that was seen, and um. They're apparently in the the her audition or the, the her performance they said was the perfect zombie. They said she was so good. Yeah. Because she just looked slightly sad. Yes. Which is a, a side of this that they, <clears throat> they want to get across. And then and said that the the reference that she sort of wants to give you a cuddle sort of it's sort of it's almost what you do want to do. These things look melancholy and slightly yeah. sad. Yeah. And they get a a bit bitey. Yeah. And just a that, bit. another yeah. phrase <laughs> <laughs> later on. <laughs> But I mean, then the, 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 their interaction with her when he sort of shoves her off. I mean, that that was quite well. I mean, there's the, there's the bits before that when Ed's trying to take photographs of, yes. him, which was quite funny. Yeah. But when they, when he pushes it off, it's, it's then another, well, possibly the first real gore scene. It is. And it's yeah. quite and it's quite shocking. I, I remember seeing it the first time in the the cinema when we went yeah. out to see Shaun of the Dead because yeah. old enough by then. Yeah. Obviously. Um, <laughs> 
I, I, I guess I've been listening to your, your previous podcast where a lot of the, the films I've seen before the old enough to go to the cinema and see that. And it's, it's crossing over. But us being old. Yes. We, we've, we've covered We're all of that. Both old enough to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can go to I'm cinema. Still, I'm still a bit younger than you, though. But Just a tiny bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, so that was a, a shocking scene, a really good bit. Of, yeah. A bit good as CGI, but a good bit of special effects in it. Sort of. It's a proper horror gore scene. I yeah. mean, you know, she goes down on that pole and that pole comes out through her stomach beautifully. Um, and so I guess you, that... you do see it properly as well. It's not because there's other horror films where the same type of things happen and they'll cut away when she falls on it or whatever. And then she's on it. But it, you see her fall onto it. Oh, we, we've, we've gone. I mean, we even discussed Daph's death, but I mean. This and from the the timeline of the film, this is the first time you've really sort of get a possibly get a good feel about what this film's going to be. Yeah, because trying to put myself back into the first time watching it and yeah. watching an episode of Space, the bit of blood and gut, you know, there's a bit of slipping yeah, on yeah, blood yeah. and there's hands yeah. and stuff like. Now they're sort of like, oh, that's just elevated. This is not spaced anymore. No, this is like this is really gonna. It's gonna deliver on the horror yeah because pretty that uh, there is blood because when he's in the shop getting his can of coke and getting the cornet or there's blood hands all over the yeah the the fridge and things but it's still just that it's just a little bit of blood yeah yeah this this is proper Ooh, they they, a bit of gore yeah they're not just they're not doing a rom-com with zombies they're doing a a horror film which has a bit of a romantic element to it and a bit of comedy element to it yeah uh I suppose that takes it, back to that first thing I said that have them did they sell it on all the the materials as a rom com with zombies? I don't know. It, it's funny. It depends whether where that came from, isn't it? Whether that's is that from the studios? Is that from? Well, yeah, hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that was quite good selling. It sort of it it sort of made it hum- It was a joke in itself. Yes. I mean, I sort of, yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, but I mean it, and it does, and that they immediately sort of bring back some levity to it, mm. you know, because immediately after that, well, they turn around and see the, the hulking zombie behind them, the big fella, yeah, yeah. who's um, been following Mary. Apparently, he's the one who bit her. Apparently, in the there's a another bit of backstory. Oh. They they, oh. Lay, they went on to write a um, a comic strip in 2008. All right, okay, uh, which is the backstory to Mary. All right. Um, called something about Mary, right? <laughs> Good name. <laughs> and she she's been followed by this guy. Yeah. And then I think then the zombie apocalypse happens and he bites her and sort of anyway that's how she comes to turn into a zombie to be and there and why he's there as well. And that was written by Simon Pegg and um, right. was it Edgar Wright or was it Nick Frost for that case? I think it was Edgar Wright and then. Yeah penciled by somebody famous whose name i don't remember yeah because I'm, no. I'm not as good with that sort of stuff no, fair enough. but um it's all right but yeah so he's <laughs> he's there as well behind and then you sort of get the the classic scene of the throwing records and toasters and everything at them trying to yeah oh actually no that it's the funny it's a bit before that and they go and hide in the house they hide in the house the, yeah they close the curtains don't they yes sort of like are they, and just sort of and just said watch the news yeah, try and ignore try to it. Ignore. Mm. So it, it's actually better than that because um, because that's when they that... hear the news. The guy in the news, the Sky News, say to destroy them, you have to cut off their heads or 
sorry, remove their heads or destroy the brain. And it's the the one from the shop, the the the, the guy in the the dressed suit, the yes. getting the, the groom type character yes. yeah. who comes through the door, which galvanizes them into action, isn't it? It's not that they've yeah, I'm yeah, because Ed hits him in the face with a an ashtray. Yes. Um, and although you don't see it, Ed's face is a, a picture of, did you see the way his head exploded there? It was, you yeah. realise that that's the only way of actually destroying them. Yeah. And yeah. he gets a bit of a fire in his belly then. Does, so, yeah. yeah. So so then you get into the, the, the outside scene. Yes, where they throw every implement they have in the house at them first and then start on Sean's record collection. Yeah. And then they get the iconic shoveling cricket bat from the cricket shed. Bat from the shed, yeah. After bursting in there, yeah. Um, and a particularly, a particularly long beating scene because when they start beating those zombies, they just keep going and going, and the the red gets more and more yeah. of their their jackets as they go. Um, which I didn't notice at first how much it was appearing because it's just a few splatters. And then the longer they go, the bigger the splatters seem to get and the more blood that seems to appear on them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is quite prolonged. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I don't, I, I don't, not sure that scene's quite as well acted because it, it's prolonged, but they don't, they seem to go blank in it. It's, sort yes. of, it's not, it's not like a frenzied, like prolonged in some films where it's prolonged because they're, they've been forced into a situation and this is them finally taking control of it. Yeah. And they're sort of killing their protect, their, their thing, their attacker. Yeah. They didn't seem like that. It did. They, they, no. they sort of, they seemed probably a bit more brutal in that sense. Cause they just, they just switched. Yes. <laughs> just, they've just gone in game they, mode, just, haven't they? Yeah. That's probably a better way of putting it. Yeah. They're, the they're game playing mode, the just, game and it's just like, right, you just, you just hit, 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 and that's it. Done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though they, they do seem a bit shell shocked after it. I guess. Yes. Yes, because that's when Ed eats his cornetto. Uh, it lasted a long time. It, I, I don't know how it managed it, but it, it did. It lasted <laughs> on that table. Um, and that's when they realised that Pete may still be upstairs. Oh, bitten. Pete's been bitten. Because he's yeah. been bitten. Um, and they realise the car hasn't gone, because they think it might have gone to work. And they're all being nicey-nicey at the bottom going, Pete, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Ed's not quite so subtle. <laughs> Yeah, no, but it's the joke. As soon as he shouts that out, oh no, he's out. He's not in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he, he would have gone down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the uh, Z word one as well. It says, are there any? Yes, it, the... it gets up to the lining up and sort of like, are there any zombies out there? And we're not saying that and looking around. But I just like the way he's, oh, he's looking through. He says, no, there's, maybe it's not that bad. There's not. Oh no, there they are. And the sort of like the camera goes off and there's a street full of them just street to the right. Of, yeah, <laughs> just out of sight. <laughs> Yeah, because that's when we have uh, Sean's mum rings. Oh, yes. Because we have the plan. Because there's three versions of the plan, but we have the plan um, comes into place because obviously there's been some bitey muggers or bitey men have come into the house. (laughs) They weren't very nice. They got a bit bitey, I think is what she says. (laughs) Very much something like that. Um, But... We know that Sean's stepdad's been bitten. Yeah. But she doesn't say at that point that she'd been bitten. I don't think she was bitten at that point. I think she's bitten later on. Yeah, the man in the pyjamas, I think. Yeah. Um, so they have to make the plan in order to rescue everyone. 
which is when Sean obviously gives off his undying love for Liz at this point, because that's the reason why they have to go to Liz's at some point. I mean, this is the the first point where Sean becomes a slightly likable character, though he sort of wakes up and he feels as if he has to do something. Yeah. And he's not quite sure what it is yet, but I mean, it's the first time that he's sort of, he's he's got an idea and it's, yeah. it's, it's sort of, this is the rom-com thing. It's sort of yeah. around Liz because it's the, yeah. the center of it. Although Ed doesn't understand why it's so gay. So why he keeps wanting to, sort of, <laughs> you know, to rescue Liz. And so oh, but I suppose I better pick up these other people as, as I'm going. So sort of yes. his mum, his mum's yeah. a sort of a given. Yes. Phil. Yeah. Kill Phil. Yeah. Cause Phil's been bitten. Yeah. So they've got to kill Phil. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. But so you've got another very fast three repetition versions of the. I mean, this. I think this bit was very spaced because it all ends with "How's that for a slice of fried gold?" Doesn't it? So it's... take on, go to Mum's, kill Phil. Sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? And it makes sense. The plan makes sense. It's oh, it like, does. And they break down. They can't go here because the house isn't very safe. And yeah. then they can't go there because he can't smoke. Yeah. But in fact, that would have been, I mean, when you do go to the flat, that did actually seem quite a good place off the ground. It, it, it did, up, yeah. It looked like the best place to be. Yeah. <laughs> Could be quiet. <laughs> Much better. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, that, that's, and I think, you sort of stepping into the bit of the film I don't really like as much. Right. Is the um the when Ed's character becomes dislikable instead of just humorously ineffectual. Because the whole car scene, Ed becomes yeah. driven. <laughs> driven. That's a, that's a if you want to <laughs> pardon the pun. But yeah. I mean Ed becomes a bit too much of an asshole. Yes. And he, yeah. you know, it's sort of right through to them getting to the Winchester again. Ed doesn't redeem himself. No. And I don't know if that how intentional it was, but I, I, the more I watch it, or the more I've got, I become less liking of Ed than originally when you skirt over that the first time you saw it. You sort of likable yeah. character. He's, he's a bit of an asshole, but it doesn't yeah. matter. But the more you watch the film, you realize how unpleasant. Yeah. His sort of his behavior is just through these this the rescue scenes. Yeah, he has absolutely no help. In fact, no. he risks their lives quite openly. And the point where the the jag child locks are on, and he's just standing there like a lemon. Yeah, it's not like a, it's not like a stunned doesn't know what to do. He just doesn't. He has. He just he's a zombie. Seem to care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a yeah. zombie. Just has. He's, no... he's with the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I mean, think that even the point of you know crashing the car, Pete's car just so he can go in the jag. Yeah, you know, how did you crash the car? You were you were parked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, and it's just so you can get a ride in the Jag and actually hopefully get a, a chance to drive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I think it is also building up the the friendship that uh, it's testing the friendship that Sean and Ed have. Yes, you want to get a little bit heavy on it, you know. It's sort of it's, it's shown that these these two guys do really have a bond. They do, yeah, yeah. That even though. He sees through all of this and he can handle all of this. Sean sort of can, he, he eventually snaps and has their, their little hissy fit. Yeah. Outside, which um, has the other problems, doesn't it? Just before they're getting into the Winchester. Some but, major problems, yeah. Yeah. But um, it is, I think, it, I didn't know if they're sort of like pushing it just so to, to make the, to strengthen 
the the viewers bond the the viewers appreciation of the bond between these people yeah as much I'm, as you can do in a comedy so yeah i mean the the they're showing all of ed's bad traits so that sean's hissy fit as you put it is justified at that point it's like he's been yeah. built up to this point it's like come on you're now really not helping us so i'm now mm-hmm. going to snap um so he has to have a reason to snap at them uh, otherwise it's just he's just using his phone again which he does all the way through the film uh, he's the only one that's got a mobile phone him and the cousin of matt lucas yeah matt yeah. lucas character here who is obviously just a copy of ed well, obviously noel's got the phone as well and oh, it's, yes. it's actually it's yes. some communications between Ed that's going on because they're the yeah. ones that they're talking to on the phone because they're yeah. sort of how much um, weed Ed has is, goes on to Noel in the shop and then yeah. it's passed on to whoever goes on to the next one and then and then it yeah. comes back again. So I don't know. Noel seems to have survived at the point they get outside the Winchester. So I, I'm assuming it's him on the phone somehow. Uh, he calls not supposed. Do you not call him Noodle? He's not Noodle. He refers to. I thought you just referred. I, I, I didn't know if that was a, a term, but it might, might be. I don't know. Name. Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> he, does, he does. He definitely does say noodle. Um, yeah. yeah, it might just be what he calls people, I suppose, on the phone. But I don't know. But Noel definitely survives to a certain point. But he's he's certainly dead there at the end because mm. we see him at the end as a um, a zombie yeah. who's been pushed pushing to work pushing trolleys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quite like. I mean that. So the the rescue scenes. Are played out really in spaced style, really. Yes. Bish, bash, bosh. This is what we're going to do, and it's all yeah. very, very fine. And it's sort of like I, I like to arrange any plan that I do in the same sort of way. Yes. <laughs> and it always works, obviously. <laughs> but, I mean, their plan basically works. There's slight elements that are not quite right with it because obviously Phil has been bitten, but he's not turned. Um, and Barbara's really not happy about killing Phil, which you can quite understand, because he seems to be quite all right, to be honest. But they do the same fake-out bits, you know, when Phil appears at the door, he smashes his hand against the door, and he's not yeah. a zombie at all, but it, it could have been so easily at that point. I quite like the uncomfortable scenes there. I don't usually like those sort of things, but they, when he's trying to... You, get, you find a little bit more backstory about Sean and his, yeah. his dad and sort of his mum's relationship with Phil and sort of um you know and Sean's never accepted him since he was no. twelve, you know, no. sort of and, and it's do you realise that he that he several occasions he touched me? Yeah. That's not true. I made that up. And he immediately can't <laughs> yeah, straight it. He yeah, can't do it. Wrong. Just sort of, can't lie to his mum about that type of thing. <laughs> and I just um Yeah. I think that they quite quickly they do a, a, a U-turn on the, the again, a U-turn on the film before they spin the car, you know. So the we yeah. did get this nice friendly bond between Phil and Sean in that moment before death. There is, death, yeah. Sort of like Phil speaks candidly to him, and Sean seems to be listening and taking yeah. on board what's going on to the point where he he does actually refer to him as that's I like that that's not my dad says oh Sean pack it in no no it really isn't it's not your husband either it's all like yeah yeah it's it's nicely put there's nothing left of him there's nothing left of him as he turns the the (laughs) The music off (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah they just kind of look at each other (laughs) yeah yeah there is definitely there's a a a bond sort of forms there at that point he realizes that 
Phil is only trying to do the best for his mum anyway, and it probably yeah. always has been. I think mm-hmm. there's a, a big learning curve for Sean in this film through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So they, I did. Yeah. Go on. I did. I did write it down as a sort of. I, I scribbled it out as a sort of. Was it a coming of age film? But it it, it wasn't quite that. It's because uh, no, he, he, I, I wondered. I wondered until I rewatched it. I, I wondered if he was sort of like he was acting like a child. But it's. I, I, I came away from that. I don't actually think that's. Yeah, it's a coming yeah. of age. But there, there is a point there where. In this, this, these couple of scenes where Sean is changing, yes, sort of, he's going through his own metamorphosis. Yeah, if you if you want to look for the heavier bits of the film, which aren't there. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly he's learning something and he's growing up to a certain extent, and he he possibly is realizing that he has been stuck in a bit of dead end zombie world, and he is just doing the same things over and over again. But don't know if he ever gets out of that. But we'll. Well, we'll go on with the film and see if he does. Yeah, I'm feeling like I'm trying not to put the spoilers in too much, even though we oh. talked about such. We'll we'll spoil it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I mean, so um, go on. Yeah, so so that was the point where Ed got. I, I just I just couldn't understand what Ed had done when they sort of like didn't open that, but it didn't didn't matter. And this is the point where Dylan Moran's character sort of gets starts to peak irritation as well as yes. so he i mean he's another great comedic actor that i, I love is, to yeah. see yeah but um and this is a, a role that i'd not really seen him in that that's sort of subservient sort of yeah. almost ineffectual guy yes he's, and he's not an accountant he's a lecturer isn't he i don't know yes but... <laughs> yes he, he lets so, me know that <laughs> but he, he starts sort of like voicing every problem in the plan and it, it's sort of like the next sort of plan doesn't seem too bad. It isn't really highlighted how bad it is until he meets Savon and that they have that great scene where the yeah. the mirror images cross of yeah. of the different people they've worked with over all their careers. Yes. But, but just just her face where he says, "Oh, you got the Winchester? Oh, the pub." Yeah, <laughs> just like okay, she's but not she's, going to the pub. <laughs> but she's never. I mean, you sort of think at any point that she wouldn't be want to criticize or suggest that you do anything different she's one of those types that just are like you know sort of fully supportive in what you're going to do and that's Absolutely, great yeah. you you yeah. go for it you go for it. You that's make what you want to do you do that yeah i'm going this way but i'm not telling you where i'm going <laughs> yeah but i mean that that's a that's a good scene some good, great faces popping up in that sort of like oh, yeah. lineup going on yeah and, um, it's the, good to see all, all the copies of sean's own yeah. group yeah yeah, I'm sure they could have done a, a, another film where we find out what happened to those six through it. Quite possibly, yeah, that would have been their point good. of view. And then, um, then just doing the same thing again, aren't you? But I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> repeating. Yes, imagine doing that. <laughs> yeah, because none of them appear up at the end. It's only um, Jessica Hines's character that appears at the end, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't suggest whether they all made it or yeah. not. I don't know. Yeah, maybe she was a little bit more successful. Possibly, yeah. Maybe they got to find the military a lot quicker. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, because then we have the because they're trying now to get to the Winchester. Once they've got Liz and David and Diane and Barbara, and Phil's died in the car, they're trying to get the Winchester now on foot. Um, and they're going through all the back gardens, aren't they? And but they know they're close because of the body of snake hips. That's being right. Devoured. Yes. Yeah. And they try and run and jump over 
Sean does his whole running up and jumping over a fence and the fence collapses, which they obviously redid in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. I like jumping over fences is a a thing. It was a good... I remember when when going to see Hot Fuzz, you know, sort of like you immediately got a warm feeling when they sort of repeated... They're, they're now referencing their own films. And yes. Sort of, <laughs> they've got their own accent. If you can, you on. can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it, a good... I think when it goes down, you get to, to die doing the... Um, I mean, I, I know it's skipping over the guy in the pyjamas and the, the fight yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. The swing ball fight was all yeah. very, very funny and very good <laughs> and pinning them to the post. Yeah. And, like, again, Ed... And Daff do nothing. Just do nothing at all. Just... Yeah, they just stand. We didn't want to cramp your style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then there's the, there's the great drama scene. Yes, there's the, the drama workshop. Yes, sort of working through it. I just thought it's really good. It is characterization of that, and it brings her. I can't remember what she's called. Is it Lucy Davis? Yes. Yeah, the actress. That's Diane. Yeah, yeah. And she she's really good. And so that's the first time she really has a. A play on. She's suddenly got something to do, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I think it really, really comes into it then. Yeah. And then who who died in Medieval King of the Zombies? And sort yeah. of like, <laughs> I says, oh, yeah, that is really good. That's yeah. the other thing. It's so like, they're, they're sort of like, they'll follow something up like a statement like that. That's some attacking phrase with just so like, oh, yeah, you are quite yeah, good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you're right there. Yeah. 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 There's, there's not a lot of, it's not <laughs> such a great compliment. It's just that, yeah. Okay, you can do that. We'll leave that. Um, yes, we've missed out the, the pyjama guy scene. And we think it's pyjama guy that obviously bites Sean's mum. Yeah. Although we don't know that at this point. Um, which then goes into the training exercise. And Sean's wonderful looking over the fence where he climbs <laughs> up the kid's, the kid's ladder and you just see it from that perspective. His legs just appear up. Yes. And then he goes back down again. Um, but that lets you then see the extent of the the amount of zombies that are around because you see from Short's perspective as well over to the Winchester and just how many zombies there are between them and where they're trying to get to. So I mean that they, so yeah, that's a good scene, and I think it sets up the sort of this is quite nervous and sort of it's a quite a good tension when the sort of the music played out really well, not just the um, the soundtrack sort of music, but the incidental music they use that yeah. isn't. It's obviously influenced by the the, the gong and argento, the goblin yeah. and argento type of um, stuff from Dawn of the Dead. Is, but the, yeah, yeah. the stuff they've um, mixed it with, I think, is really good. So yeah. Maintaining that sort of same feel, that air of ominous sort of tension. So even yeah. the scene with a lot of zombies in and they're walking down and it is funny. It is. But it's also <laughs> quite scary still because you don't yeah. know what they're going to do. There's definite tension in that scene. I mean, even though they're walking in their strange way down and Dylan, Dylan Moran's character's even, because uh, uh, he can't quite do it. Um, and Barbara at that point just looks, <laughs> that's, just looks scared that. the whole way, doesn't she? <laughs> but like Liz, or like when she's, no, die when she's doing the sort of going yes. down the line of, of who's good. So oh, Barbara, that's perfect. Oh, what? Hello. What? Hello. <laughs> but it's so like this is, she probably is at that point about this phasing out, but I mean, possibly, yeah. Well, she yeah. gets it really well. We know she's lost a lot of blood at that point, I suppose. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so we have the whole tension of them going down, and then they actually get to the Winchester, which is, of and course, it's broken. locked. And it's, 
and it's broken by comedy. Yes. Ed's phone rings. Yes. With Noodle on the phone. Yeah. And then you get the fight. And it, it, it's, it's good. I mean, but I can remember, and I, I, even though I've seen it a hundred times, it's like when I'm shouting with them, when Daft picks up the, the, the bin and yeah. goes, don't, don't break the window. Don't break the window, no. I just, you know what it's going to lead to. But it, that's really when Sean goes into Captain Wow. Hero, hero mode. mode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he jumps up on the, the table, doesn't he? And come over here, over here, over here. And, yeah, yeah. He gets all the zombies to look at him before running off down the mm-hmm. road somewhere. It's his town, isn't it? He probably knows every back street around there because he's lived there for so long. Well, so why wouldn't he be able to go off? Yeah. There's a street name early on. It's around Crouch End in London, which is where Simon Pegg lives as well. So yes. It's literally where space was done, where everything's yeah, yeah, done. Yeah. They literally do know that area like yeah. the back of their hands. So you can imagine that he would be able to just mm-hmm. run off and be able to probably outrun a load of shambling zombies and get himself back without them following him, mm-hmm. you think. <laughs> yeah, because we then get into the the Winchester, which is kind of now leading up to their their final stand because they've, they've got to the end of their plan, haven't they? They've yeah. got themselves into the Winchester. That was where they were heading for. Um, so they're without Sean. Um, and I think Ed then says, oh, no, it's David. So Dylan Moran's character says, so what we're going to do now we're here. And Ed, Ed just says, drinks in then? Get around. Get around in. <laughs> <laughs> Which then because starts. He... Go on. Yeah, because, I mean, he, he's sort of like picking holes in it. So, like, we're we just going to yeah. sit here eating peanuts. So that's what the whole plan was, was nibbles and the revel yeah. out back comes into it. And so yeah. <laughs> it's just these so extra lines that have been mentioned before because the revel, yeah. you know, food at the Winchester has been mentioned when the, they couldn't go out for the dinner. Yes. Which I think we missed, but then they missed that. But yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, yeah, so D- Dylan Moran sort of tried to, it's, it's probably in his. He's now reaching peak irritation mode. He is, yes. As a, as a, um, but it's all justifiable, and you're not oh, sort of against completely. this. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah. And then I'm trying to think, Sean then appears because Dylan's throwing peanuts and hognuts around the place, and then Sean appears and catches one of the bags. Um, and everyone's obviously really glad to see him because he's alive and he looks okay. He's not too much more bloody than he was when he went in. Um, and he's suddenly the hero, isn't he? But then they kind of go, so what we're going to do now? And it's just a case of, well, yeah, we'll just get drunk. He hasn't got anything else. That's he's it, got sort of. no other part of his plan, is there? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they then do just get drunk <laughs> and sit around trying to convince Ed to do his Clyde impression. <laughs> Thankfully, he doesn't. He doesn't do it a second time. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm now trying to think, because obviously they're at, they are at this end point now. Yeah, the lights come on outside whilst they're sitting at the table, which then makes Sean think that they've got power back. So the reason the lights don't work in there must be the fuses. So we then have the spooky going down at the back and switching on the fuses and getting lights back on which leads him to switch on the lights in the back forecourt and we see all the zombies. Yeah, another there. excellent scene mirrored on the, uh, the silhouetted through the that back and he just pulls the, pulls the blind pulls down. Pulls the blind down from him like, <laughs> just ignore you. No, uh, I mean, yes, he is because he's uh, up until that point that he realises the zombies did actually follow him. He suddenly has become the hero 
um, that everything he's, he's set out to do with Liz has happened. He said he would save her. He said he would get at the Winchester. They'd be safe. You know, all six of them have got there and they are alive. And it's only when he sees those zombies that he suddenly realises himself he'd done something wrong. Because when he comes out of the back room and closes the door, you can see on his face that look of, I've made a mistake here. Something's gone wrong. We are now trapped in a pub that is surrounded by the living you know, dead. I think he was... I was when I last watched it. Like yesterday, I, I actually thought he was unfairly critical of himself at that point. Because yeah. if we go back to the, the what the zombies in these this movie, particularly in the other ones, they're doing what they they're trying to do what they always did, yeah. which is why they're heading to the pub, why they're going to yeah. you know the saying the zombies did. So really, once they'd lost the distraction of the man running around shouting free lunch, yeah, is they would have returned to type anyway. So they would have headed back. To where they were, you're have probably gone. right. Yeah, yeah. And so, is it quite? I I think the film is actually. I'm not right. I don't think because I think that's what they're suggesting by them knocking at the door. Yeah. But those zombies would have returned, given yeah. that the nature of what this is going on. So it was. Ne- it was never going to be a safe place anyway. No, no. Because it's it's where people where these things congregate. Yeah. They're going to congregate again. Yeah. So because that's um, that's the whole social commentary that they're saying isn't it that everyone hangs out at the pub and it's just a dead end that's what they do so yeah i guess they would always return there but but thankfully it didn't turn into one of those it didn't turn into one of those like you get in a lot of films that like a blame it's all he he accepted it even liz was fine with it yeah we are where we are we just do what we do yeah and we've got to deal with it but then obviously the is it Trying to remember the order of events because you've got the the breaking through the windows. Yes, I can't remember where the the shooting of it because they still haven't found out the guns real yet. No, they I think what they start breaking through the windows, and that's when Ed pops up with the the Winchester from behind the bar. Um, which is, is the, the the excellent repeated scene from the Time Splitters movie where it's sort of like. Um, Top left, top left, yeah. reload, nice yeah. shot, and all of yeah. that—that that sort of things repeated again and yeah, of... exactly the same as they've done it when they were playing the game, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, with some very bad um, directions from everybody else. Quarter to eleven. <laughs> quarter to... <laughs> Where's quarter to eleven? It's over there. <laughs> but the yeah. shots are just terrible. You just realise that this this isn't going to work. I mean, you you see some zombie films where they're all training themselves. Oh yeah, shots, but oh, they yeah. just. Which you it, would be when you, I can't imagine picking up a, a rifle. No, no, something like that. It's, it's no not going to be easy to shoot. Um, which is, it's realism, I suppose. They've, they've put into the film the one thing that most of these zombie films don't have, which is that sense of realism that actually, if you were stuck in the pub and there's some ancient gun behind there, you wouldn't know how to shoot. You wouldn't know how to fire it and you wouldn't be able to hit anything. He does some good shots, though. There it are some, some effective ones in there. Actually, John's been in the pub though before this, so we've had um, John's come in because he finds out the gun works after clubbing. Oh no, 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 it's not. Who does he hit? And then he says the gun doesn't work, and then he shoots oh, in the corner. Yeah, Ed so Ed throws the gun to Sean, and he there's a zombie. Is it John? The it landlord. says it's the landlord, and he clubs the landlord to death with it. And Ed says, well, you should just shot him. And he said, well, it doesn't work. And that's when he pulls the trigger and shoots the, the ceiling, which obviously then 
attracts more zombies who then burst through the window that earlier on they'd broken. But we've got the um, the Big Queen musical number. Yes. And the, 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 the jukebox, which is again on random. Yes. Uh, who the hell put this on? Yeah. Which was another one from earlier on. And that was really the, odd, yeah. yeah. But then there was um, the, the beating of John with the cues scene. Yes. Another one that goes on for ages, but it's slightly more orchestrated with everybody dancing. It is, yeah, they're ahead. dancing around with to Queen. But, um, but so yeah, I mean that, that that's a I'm not a big fan of Queen, but that was a good track, good song, <laughs> it's yeah, good a good scene, tune. yeah, <laughs> good tune, good good tune to pick for that particular scene. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> Which leads us to um, Barbara obviously admitting to Liz that she's been bitten, mm-hmm. and we have our um, the emotional part of the film, I guess, before that final attack the zombies are trying to attack mm. trying to come through the, the doors but sean's got to deal with the fact that his mum's about to die um and david still moran's character has somehow managed to get the gun i think he's just left with it isn't it because he is because they're, they're sort of ha- it's handed down as they're sort of moving away from the door and eventually he's left standing with it yeah as they go and attend to barbara or look at what's happening and yeah. he's sort of like but then it tends then he turns action man himself. Yes. But I mean, it, it is quite a tense scene. It, it's almost a bit too too heavy. Yes. I, I, I mean, Peg plays, plays it really, really heavily, quite well. Yeah. And um, it's perhaps a, a soupçon too long, just, just of the drawn out. You could have just... Yeah. But, it, it, but still, it's very good. It, and It's and just I, long and, enough to make it uncomfortable, isn't it, really? Which I is think. perhaps perhaps the the secret sauce that makes it rememberable is yes. that it's um, yeah they've made you remember it by making it too long and it, it, there's a lot of the Barbara plays the the character slightly slightly stuttery and not very well articulated very well a bit like the 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 lady in the first night of the Living Dead as a sort of shell shocked yeah the shell shocked Barbara from the first movie yeah yeah. There's, there's quite a lot of elements in there, and I think that, I don't know how much they're playing to it, but there's sort of, you know, that there's still that stilted sort of reaction to stuff before yeah. she sort of, uh, and she's been doing it right the way through. This, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. This last few scene. scenes, this yeah. act, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's quite a brutal one. But then it's 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 turned on and like, and when Barbara does turn there's a sympathetic sadness to her when she's looking at Sean. Yes. But as soon as, as soon as Dylan Moran pipes up, she snarls and growls yeah. and sort of like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just yes. like all of us would. <laughs> but that's a mirroring of the, there's none of your husband left and he switches the music off. You know, yeah. there's none of your mum left, but actually she's got that sympathetic look towards Sean that she then yeah. doesn't have with anybody else. Mm-hmm. So there is always some, some element of humanity left in them that I guess we see. Um, which then leads to the Mexican standoff for the beer bottles, which is yes. nicely done because Diane comes along. This is got Sean and Ed have both got a bottle to David's neck. Diane comes, yeah. that's not fair. So Ed just hands Ed it, just hands hands it a bottle. <laughs> I think breaks a new one. I she like then that. puts to Sean's neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit more fair. <laughs> but they do realize that obviously um, Sean's mum has to be shot. Yes. Because it is. she'll be a zombie and she'll she'll eat them all because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, which they jump on from very quickly. 
purposely, I guess, because they have to, again, break that tension. So he shoots his mum, but then Dylan's character is then immediately going to try and escape because he's sick of this and he wants to be out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he then tries to go through the door and we get all the other bits and pieces going on with um, Diane saying, you know, yeah, you, you don't really love me you're with me because you really love Liz. Back to the rom-com bit. <clears throat> yeah, back to the rom-com, the love triangle that's been going on there that we didn't, we were kind of aware of. Um, and the, I think she says something about, because he disses Sean for not having a plan. And she's, but you just came anyway because you didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole thing of, yeah, yeah, he might not have had a plan, but it was better than your plan because your plan was just to follow Sean. Mm-hmm. So that works out quite well. Um, but he doesn't break out. He gets pulled out of the window, which leads us to that scene we mentioned before, which is the homage to Day of the Dead, where mm-hmm. the army guy is ripped in half by the horde of zombies. And we see... And I think Sean plays to that really well. But again, it's just sort of like, you know, look, this this stuff's going on. And this is yeah. what, what these things are really capable of. Yeah. And it, it's, it's a, out of all the tension and the, the little bits of smatterings of humor, it's sort of like, it's, it hits you right back. And it's sort of like, oh, this is, this is quite serious. I wonder how this is going to, again, it, you wonder how this is going to play out because yeah. they're in a no win situation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it's sort of like the comedy's sort of fading a little bit because. Yeah. Because it, it it all breaks loose from there, doesn't it? Because the the next scene is the the bre- the the rear doors breached. Yes, and um, Ed's back. Liz goes out with um, David's leg David's to try leg. and beat them all off. Um, Ed is attacked, and he's being yeah. eaten. Again, the the research, the reemergence of um, naked Peter Serafinowicz. Yes, Look who it is. Yeah. <laughs> Who um, Sean does shoot. Uh-huh. Um, they then jump over the bar, and that, Sean's desperately looking for Ed when they jump over the bar, and Ed does appear, and he passes him a mm-hmm. towel, mm-hmm. <laughs> so he can mop the blood up. Um, do they set the bar on fire? They set the bar on fire, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Shots. So the and they leave the shells on on the, the bar. bar, which. And he which says, then, give us a break. And then they sort of, they fire off and hits the bell and, and takes the spinster out. Yeah. Um, yeah. They then head off into the cellar because it, it, it is reaching that point that I suppose all zombie films reach where we've somehow got to end it. But yeah. we've ramped up the amount of zombies. We've ramped up the danger to the element where there isn't a satisfactory conclusion. Now, most zombie films then end with a completely unsatisfactory conclusion where everyone just dies, which happens in so many of them. This goes a little bit further um, in that we end up in the cellar with them and they're going to kill, they're going to kill themselves. Sean said, what's Sean's line in this? I've already killed my flatmate and my mum. I don't think I can kill my girlfriend at this point. Yeah. But that's to bring back the, the rom-com. The rom-com. Sort of she like, then says, oh, we're back together then. <laughs> yeah. She's but, um, I think it, they've got, um, it, it just, it's, it is, it's exactly the same. They've gone down to the cell, it takes the pace off a little bit. It's sort of, they're trying to loosen the tension, sort of get a little bit more story going, just yeah. that little bit. 
And I think um, I think it, Ed sort of at this point redeemed himself because he mm. sort of like got them there, and he and he also is the one directing them. He directed yeah. them into the cellar, yeah. And he said why they should go to the cellar because there's access to the road. So it's sort of like he's actually doing that little bit redemption. Although yes, he's, yeah, he's, thought he, through, he's obviously yeah. bit bitten, so you know from zombie films that you're not going to see Ed again yeah. through normal zombie films anyway. Yeah, that, that's the end of him. Yeah, so it, it's 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 just given that. But you, you do you do see a potential that this other films would have ended with them just being overrun. Overrun, yeah. They, and they I, I, I must admit, yeah. I did. I do like that bleakness of some of those. Yes. Movies. So it's because you don't see it. It's the um, it's your Empire Strikes Back ending, isn't it? It's the, yes. Sort of, it's the down of oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did that yeah. It has to end at that low point. Yeah. Yeah, and lots of them do that. Because it is the best way to, because they do normally ramp up to a point where you've got nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. Um, what we get here instead is that they do actually escape to the the street, uh, and the military come in <laughs> magically <laughs> from nowhere <laughs> and just yeah. wipe them all out with the um, the best high powered machine guns that I think have ever been seen on a, a film. Don't know where they got the budget for for them. Um, and just mow down all of the zombies and the re-emergence of um, Jessica Hines' character. To yeah. say, oh, yeah, you made it as well. You'd survive and, and back to that whole thing that we mentioned that earlier. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, do you think that whole bringing in the army there at the end then, is that is that a cop-out? Would you have preferred the bleak ending? Um, not in this film. I think right. it would. I think because of the the final scenes where you what you've actually done is returned to the cycle. Yeah. Um, but with a lighter side, though the zombies are sort of maintained and managed, yeah. and they're living with them. And we've got jumping forward. You've got Ed in the shed. Yeah, yeah. You've got um, Liz and and um, Simon, <laughs> Sean. Sean, yeah. <laughs> so Sean living in um in the flat and everything's yeah. um slightly nicely more nicely decorated and it kept is, yes. out and they've got the <laughs> so the papers to get. I think yeah. it, it did give that comedy happy ending to a film which shouldn't have really had one. And so yeah. I think there was enough juxtaposition between what should have happened in this type of film to what yeah. did. Yeah. That it, I think the humor was there and it did sort of work. Yeah. And I think it goes I don't know, the social commentary that I picked up from from their take on it was that in all of this, that there was this this cycle, this repeated cycle, which was a bad cycle because people weren't happy for it. Yeah. And um, Liz wanted to get out of it and do something else. Yeah. And, and things to happen. And um, it took something really big to happen to get Sean out of that cycle. Yeah, yeah. And they're back in a cycle, but it's a cycle where everybody's happy enough, yeah. comfortable. And yeah. so it's not, it's not so bad for monotonous things to happen. There's nothing wrong with people being in repetitive cycles. Yeah. As long as you're not in a sad, unpleasant repetitive cycle, if you're in a positive repetitive cycle, it doesn't matter. You don't have to do things. You don't need a zombie apocalypse. No. <laughs> but to say that you've done something, yeah. it's enough to be in a comfortable repetitive cycle. And I think, because even Liz was suggesting that they go to the pub for lunch. And yes, she does, does she? Yeah, and then just get some drinks, and then come back, go to sleep. 
and yeah. and I think it, it, I quite like that they said it's all right not to strive for something you, you know everybody yeah, sort yeah, of like yeah. says you've got to do this you've never lived or sort of I want to do this adventure or be what that and monotony isn't wrong no as long as you're not if but as long as being happened, sad yeah. being yeah. sad's wrong and yeah I think and I, I, that might be looking a bit too much into it but I think I quite like I like the ending from that yeah. that's what it said to me yeah and it left you with the one thing you don't normally get from a zombie film is a warm feeling at the end yes yeah a little bit because, of hope actually yeah 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 and that you know that dealt with it and I think even if you um, if you want to draw a parallel to what's been happening now, yes, is that we're coming out the other side and we've learned to manage. Things won't be the same. Things no, are no, no, yeah. And it's just it's learning to manage with them and be comfortable with the new arrangements. Yeah, whether that be a strange man in the shed playing computer games <laughs> or occasionally wearing a face mask. Yes, in public places, it's yeah. it's obviously ours is a lot more serious. There was a, a good tweet. Somebody was having a go saying. About the pandemic, they're saying, "Oh, it's like the stand." And Stephen <laughs> King actually piped up and says, "No, it's not. No. This is survivable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just stay safe and stay sensible." Yeah. So I don't like yeah. drawing the parallel that this what we've no, no, is, but no. If you were drawing one, it's all like it's you know cycles yeah. are fine and yeah. things do change. You yeah. just got to adapt, and I think that was what that was the the sort of the hope at the end of it. The big question. <laughs> Oh, you know I'm going to do it because I've warned you and you've listened to the podcast before. So can you sell the film to me in about 30 seconds? Right. <laughs> well, it's, it's a story about friendship and it's a story about family and it's a story about love. And in a small part, it's about the community and where we fit and where we feel safe and how we interact with other people. But seriously, no, it's not really. It's, <laughs> it's a funny horror film. Um, I think it's well placed without trying to be too clever. I've got this written down. Yeah, I can tell. Um, it's a pastiche. <laughs> it plays homage to seminal movies in the genre and it nails it and it does it with respect. Good and stuff. and it does, in no way lampoons them. And I think that's where it really works is it's yep. just it's a good little horror film. But essentially, it's a rom-com with zombies. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done. <laughs> it's the hardest bit, that bit. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been it really has good fun. Been um great to talk to you again and to go through this this film. You got red on you. You've got red on you. You've got red on you. You got red on you. Yeah. The comedies. What are you doing? <laughs> well, nobody's perfect. The Westerns. Well, you're going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie. That'll be the day. And the romance. You'll always have Paris. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Hollywood Forever podcast. Fasten your seatbelts. Telling the stories of Hollywood's classic years. It's going to be a bumpy night. Thank you very much for that, Ian. It was very good to have that chat with you. Next time on the show, I will be talking to Carl Delahaye about the film The Blues Brothers. Yeah, an old classic. Here's Carl's trailer for that. Do you like the best blues and soul music ever made? Do you want to see one of the, well, not one of the greatest car chases, it's the greatest car chases ever committed to film? And do you like slapstick comedy? A feel-good film that, that takes you on a journey, takes you on a mission from God. 
Thank you, Carl. That will be next time on the show. I hope you have enjoyed listening along to this My Favourite Film podcast. If you have, why don't you pop on over to Apple iTunes, give me a review on there, um, a five-star rating and review, because apparently that is what helps these things get found in the algorithms so other people can hopefully enjoy us as well. Or maybe just share it on a social media platform of your choice with all of your friends. That would be great. Until next time, thank you very much for listening right the way to the end. Bye-bye from me. Finally, thanks to Acast for hosting the website and to Max Smith for the theme tune composition. To get in touch with the podcast, remember that website is www.myfavoritefilm.com.